0: welcome into speaking sports i'm your host Razorback Dave today on the show we'll have the common fans on b-ray as our ncaa college football expert a visit from Preds Paws own reed hoffman to talk about the nashville predators and a couple of other things welcome in All right, as my uncle was always prone to say this time of year, it's here. It's here. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Everybody thinks that's a Christmas song. and Not so. Not so. It is a welcome to college football song. I'm your host, Razorback Dave, live from the Avcare RNS Studios, powered by KRT, the cramp relief cream that we'll tell you more about as the show goes on. I'm going to fly solo a little bit here early and I, th- I think I'm just going to get right into to the college football. Saturday's games, a lot of games going on. Oklahoma, Tulane, Penn State, Wisconsin, Alabama, Miami, Indiana, and Iowa. That's a top 20 matchup there in the Big Ten that you don't see very often. Um, Texas is going to host Louisiana. That should be a a good a good game for them but a big one in the SEC ACC Georgia number 5 Georgia number 3 Clemson a lot could be going on right there I um, I think it probably comes down to quarterback play the uh I don't see a line on the game oh yes I do it's uh Clemson minus 3 50 point and a half points for the over and under I don't know what I would do there I don't even know if I'd say if I knew what I would do there a uh, and is going to get a cakewalk at Kent State. Uh, and that looks like everybody in the top two. UCLA and LSU, that should be a good game. UCLA was really good Saturday against Hawaii. They were very squared away football team. LSU is kind of like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get with those guys. Uh, LSU is a three-point three point favorite in that ball game. Um, so, you know, who knows? There's some Thursday night games that are – over by the time you hear this, Uh, the main one being, uh, oh, there's a Virginia Tech, North Carolina, and I think uh, Tennessee's playing Bowling Green on Thursday night, that game will be over by the time you get to this recording, Um, so I don't know, I'm excited, football's coming, Uh, my Hogs are playing at Rice, I'm leaving as soon as I click this, out of record, we're going to head up there and uh spend the weekend in Fayetteville. Uh first time back in Razorback Stadium in a while. I can't wait for that. So college football, it's 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 what's happening right now. I'm I'm looking forward to the season. Who knows what we're going to get. I mean, you know, we we talked about it on the first show about the the rankings and the the standings, you know, everybody's got ally. I thought it was kind of interesting though that they have um they have Alabama Everybody's got Alabama number one, but then nobody's really quite sure after that. AP's got Oklahoma two, Clemson three, Ohio State four, Georgia five. Coach's poll has Clemson two, Oklahoma three, Ohio State four, Georgia five. So I guess they all agree that Alabama's number one, Georgia's number five. And then the fact of the matter is nobody really knows what it is. We're not going to come out with our speaking sports poll until after the game four, uh, so we can have a legitimate start to the season and who's the best and who's not. And we're going to get a good picture of it this weekend. I really think that Georgia-Clemson game, that's going to shake up that poll. Uh, by the time we get to the end of that ball game, either Clemson's not going to be number two or three or Georgia's not going to be number five. Actually, they're probably not going to be – I guess if the question becomes if Clemson wins the game, does Georgia stay at five or do they drop and how far do they drop – Looking behind them in both polls, you got A and M, Notre Dame, and then it gets kind of a potpourri. AP's got A uh, and M, Iowa State, Cincinnati, Notre Dame, North Carolina, and the coaches have A and M, Notre Dame, but then they have Iowa State, Cincinnati, and then uh, then it's it's just kind of a potpourri after that. But uh, again, looking forward to the to the season. And uh, can't wait to get it started. We're going to take a really quick break. And when we come back, we will be joined by Preds, Pauls, Reed Hoffman, talk a little bit of Nashville Predators hockey. And then coming up later in the show, B Rail, Beyond, and we're going to discuss college football at length. You're watching and listening to Speaking Sports. I'm Razorback Dave. We'll be right back. All right, everyone from athletes to weekend warriors sometimes catch a cramp when they're competing or working out. When you need relief fast, you want to reach for KRT Relief Cream. Just rub a little where it hurts, and KRT's patented technology works quickly to calm the nerves that are causing the cramps. KRT comes in cream or gel and works great for everyone. So go to krtrelief.com and enter promo code SNS20. That's sns 20 to receive 20% off your first KRT order. That's www.krtrelief.com. All right, welcome back into Speaking Sports. I'm your host, Razorback Dave, and I'm joined now by Reed Hoffman, our resident Nashville Presidents expert. Reed, how you doing, buddy? Great, how about yourself? I'm doing well. Thank you for joining us. I'm a casual hockey fan. I'm not like and I think that's about how <laughs> most people are. Well, by the time we're done, you're going to be able to see the difference between a casual hockey fan and a rabid hockey fan. Do you know that "fan" is the is the is the is the slang for fanatic? Did you know that?
1: Yeah, you did yeah, know that, I knew that. And, you yeah, and you understand.
0: Yeah, and you understand. You're going to display that here shortly.
1: The only reason I know that is because. Um, There's a shop called fanatics and I like to shop there sometimes for like sports. And that's Uh the only
0: reason I know you never bought me anything from there. Why is that? All right. I'll get you something for your (laughs) birthday or Christmas. Okay. Well it's in June. So you got, you almost got a whole year now. Hey, so um, Christmas. yeah. Okay. Hey, Christmas is great. I I wear it on my trip to Disney world. Um, that's an inside joke. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, before we get into this season, tell me about it. It was, uh, was kind of sad at the end of the season last year of one of your favorite players uh, retired for the Predators. Mm-hmm. Pecorino. Uh
1: I heard about the news. I He was saying he could play another season, but he ended up not. But he went out in a good way. Five-nothing shutout last game of the season. He's tied for 19th all-time in shutouts.
0: So, right at, at, during the playoffs, were you wanting Rene in, in goal or did you want Soros in goal?
1: I kind of wanted Soros. I saw the way he played <sighs> against Carolina. Now, <laughs> now maybe in, like, game six. Peca, we probably should turn away. Pecka just um,
0: turn away. Just don't listen. Really? See, yeah, that's, I, that's probably the difference between a – a real fan and a casual fan. As a casual fan, I am always sentimental to the guy that's been there. In fact, I didn't even like Pecorina when they started making him the starter because of the guy yeah. he was replacing. And now they replaced him with Soros. And it's 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 funny, I guess it's like it's like getting a new Labrador retriever before your old Labrador retriever is actually done hunting. It's it's sad. Do you look it's at it like yeah. that?
1: It is pretty sad. Um, I was um, kind of upset after it happened. I was. I, we'll never see another guy like him. <clears throat> Definitely. Um, it, it's just hard to talk about it because it's just so sad. Okay, so
0: last thing on that. It was sad to see him go. You were, you weren't real happy about it when you heard about it yet you really thought that Soros should have been go for the playoffs I mean a guy like Rene now, been the been around the league that long do you really want does he does he really have to stay and be the backup or
1: now am, now what Soros is what what makes Soros so good is his speed he's very fast along the ice uh he can't now he's not like big he's only 5'11". mm-hmm And he can just move very fast. And I think it's just incredible how he does. And that's what makes Saras so special. Now, Rene, if – now, if Saras had that size and speed, I mean, he's probably getting, like, an average of, like, one and a half goals a game against, I
0: mean – How much space does the goalie have to defend?
1: I actually don't know. (gasps)
0: Yeah. Hey, that's not an easy you show. Didn't.
1: Hey, hey, I bet you didn't know either. I
0: don't even know. I just barely know where the trapezoid is. And the only I reason I about, um, know what the trapezoid is is because I heard that in a movie a long time ago. So hey, I'm I'm not, I'm not the guy. I'm not the guy, I but think it,
1: it's seven feet.
0: So is size important for a goalie? I mean definitely. Clearly, I think the most important thing
1: though is speed. He's making up for that's
0: the size cool. with his speed.
1: Yeah. With so, his speed. Now, so. that one goal in the playoffs, uh, game five, Reds were up 2-0. I was watching this game. I was a little, I was kind of hyped because, like, if we won, we could have came back home and won game six. We were moved on to the second round, right? So, um, it's 2-1 now. Carolina scored. And he comes around, Marty Natchez. I don't know what Saros skate did, but, like, he couldn't, like, move. He did, like, a wraparound goal, and, like, those don't happen a lot. Because, mm. mm. like, you go, usually, like, you wrap around and the goal is right there, I mean, with you, and, like, he's just following you the entirety of the time. But that's the only goal I was a little disappointed in yeah. by us But uh, other than that, I was really um, excited for him. Uh, he had a great breakout season, just broke out.
0: So you're good with uh, him being the, being the guy. Coming into twenty twenty one,
1: absolutely. I mean twenty
0: twenty two. I
1: don't really know who will play as backup with him. Maybe Yaroslav. What is it? Igor Askarov, the goalie we drafted sixteenth overall in twenty twenty. Uh, we'll give him a shot, maybe. But mm-hmm. um, other than that, I know Soros is our guy.
0: So um, it seemed like in the off season as David Poole is is consistently prone to do, get a really good team and then start trading everybody off for draft picks. Did that happen again this year?
1: Well, instead he traded some players.
0: (laughs) What, did he trade for picks or did he trade player for players?
1: He he traded players for players and some picks too. Did they get
0: anybody in the draft
1: that you like? Svechkov kid or something mm-hmm. from that was like seventh 16th overall 17th no, right. and uh he was from michigan where he played with the first round pick owen oh, power he was actually um record like projected to go fit top five but mm-hmm. we snagged him and uh i haven't really seen any of his highlights too much but uh i heard he's a great Great player and I'm uh, we'll see how it put us.
0: Who's your favorite player? Uh all right. So uh, who was your <laughs> favorite player?
1: All right. My boy RV got traded. Victor Arvidson. He's an LA King now. Um <clears throat> at least he didn't really know the
0: expansion up. team.
1: Oh yeah. I Praise hate it Lord. when they do that. I'm sorry, Cal, you're on Crowe.
0: So what did, who did they get for Arvidson?
1: Now they got a couple picks. No, actually, they didn't even get a player. They got three two picks.
0: Okay. Two
1: picks for Arvidson. That's it. Okay. They they were only second and third round, too. I mean, you'd think you'd at least get like a first round out of Arvidson. But um, I could see why David Poyle wanted to trade him. I mean, he's kind of slowing down on goals, like he was scoring like left and right, like, the past couple years. And now he's starting to come up, and he's, like, not scoring too many. It took him a little bit, about halfway through the season, for him to start getting hot.
0: See, folks, that's what a around. fan looks like. Um Who's back that I'll recognize? Is um, Forsberg back?
1: Yeah, Forsberg's still on the team. Now, I'm kind of disappointed in the Preds for this. They haven't talked contract discussions with Forsberg, and – I have a feeling we're going to lose him. How many years does
0: he have left? This is a contract year?
1: This is contract
0: year. Contract
1: talk year. We might sign him. I don't know. I'm just glad we're not Carolina at least.
0: Probably want to see how he does this year if he slows down like Arvidsson.
1: Oh, yeah. Hopefully not. Um, Now, Forsberg was actually injured for about half the season. Mm -hmm. And I feel like he could have had a 30-goal season if – he didn't slow – like, if he didn't get injured or anything. Like, he was out for, like, 25 games or something.
0: What's it going to take for um for the Preds to make it to the Stanley Cup? I mean, they've been making it to the playoffs sort Seven of consistently. Years. How many, Seven years. How many – what?
1: Seven years in a row since 2013, 2014. So, what's it going to take
0: for them to win the Cup? It seems like they're always just – they come up one game short or – Maybe one player short, one line short.
1: Uh, the just the teamwork. I feel like some of our guys are getting selfish or something. But I mean, um, it's also a little bit of our goaltending. It needs to definitely work on better, getting better. Hard Saros is getting a lot better. I thought we were going to actually lose Saros this season because yeah. this is his contract year, uh-huh. but we did sign him. So
0: now they did they um, start the camp pretty soon.
1: What is it? Oh, training, training camp. camp yeah. Oh, they have already started. That. Oh, they have. Um,
0: okay. Well, then this is very timely.
1: So we have a prospect, a 30. So there's like top 50 prospects
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, for like newcomers into the NHL. Our guy's the 30th and we have another at 50th. So I got to see David Ferentz play the 50th overall like prospect. I was very impressed. Yeah. Why? I, I was pretty impressed. He played in the last game that PECA played where we clinched the playoff spot and we were like good. So we played some of our back players, like the ones we weren't going to play kind of. So we played him. He actually almost scored a goal. Almost. Almost. Like he, like he, it was a dirty save. It was like really nice mm-hmm. of a save. But, um, he almost scored a goal. I was very impressed with him. He he had good stick handling. He could definitely work on defense. I could see him and Yoshi being a very good pair.
0: So, what's your uh, season prediction for the Preds?
1: I say we'll get third seed in our division, <clears throat> and I think we'll make it to the second round.
0: How many wins do you think it 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 means? How, how many wins do we need to get third in the in the division? They play a lot of games. There's
1: 82 games. (laughs) Again, this season, not 56. Yeah. Well, I think we'll need about 50, 60.
0: Okay. So you're predicting 60. Yeah.
1: Okay. Like, I think now, like, the Blackhawks, they're pretty loaded this season. They got the Vesna winning goalie, which is, like, the, be- the best goalie of, like, the year, which was last year, they got it, Mark andre Fleury. Now, Vegas, I could see where they were going. They didn't want him because they didn't think he'd play, but he did play. So, um, <clears throat> he's going to play with Chicago. They got Jonathan Tays back. Um, we'll see how it goes for them. But I think they'll play second. Uh, Yeah.
0: Okay, so before I let you go, who is the team you love to beat the most?
1: To beat? Oh, definitely Chicago. Chicago. Easily.
0: Easily. Why? Why? I hate Chicago. He hates Chicago. Why? They're turning us off off in Chicago as we speak. Why?
1: We just have always had a rivalry with Chicago. I hate them so much. And I also look forward to beating Carolina this season.
0: I like beating Dallas.
1: Yes, that's a uh, good that's uh, a good game to go to.
0: It is a good game to go. Well, it's always kind of throw the records out and just they just go at it. it you know, it doesn't really matter yeah, how well, good or bad either fight. one of them are. They just come in and play good hockey it, games every night.
1: They'll just fight. I remember going to a game. We it was overtime zero zero, and we ended up winning one zero. It's <laughs> it, that victory. Oh my gosh, it tastes. It was awesome.
0: All right. Well, I'll thank you, Reed Hoffman, for joining us on Speaking Sports. He's Reed Hoffman. Preds Paws, you can find it on Apple Podcast. coming with his walking talks after the, uh, after the season gets started. He gets uh, pretty elaborate for a, a man of his stature. Uh, thanks again for coming on, buddy. We'll see you next time. Can't wait for the season to start. Maybe we can go to a hockey game together.
1: Absolutely. Look forward to it. See you. All
0: right. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be back. In just one short minute, you're listening to Speaking Sports. Am
2: I? Getting back into the gym is about feeling fit and having fun. The last thing we want is members getting sick while they're trying to get healthier. This new normal means we've stepped up our cleaning protocols so we're constantly disinfecting surfaces and using hand sanitizer. But a health club is no place for harsh, toxic chemical smells or irritating substances. We were thrilled to discover the Waltz products. With Waltz D, we can disinfect all our equipment throughout the day and never have to worry about leaving behind fumes like bleach and ammonia. It's also non-corrosive. Other disinfectants do a real number on our equipment, and customers can find Waltz free hand sanitizer all around the gym. It lasts four times longer than alcohol-based gels, even during a workout, and it doesn't dry out your skin. We want our members to get fit and stay healthy. Waltz products make sure they do that in a safe environment.
0: All right, welcome back to Speaking Sports. We bring to the microphones my buddy B Ray, old school common fan. Welcome into the show. How you doing?
2: Good, man. Good. Getting excited about football getting started.
0: As your dad was fond of saying, "It's here, son. It's here." He used to call it my. Seems dad. like it's kind of. Sn- it's, it did
2: sneak snuck up, up on us this year. It,
0: it did. I don't know what it is. I don't know if maybe because it's not as hot as it's supposed to be in Nashville this time of year, or I, I'm not. I'm not real sure why. But you're right, it has snuck up on us. I think that – and maybe the NFL preseason only being three games is a little strange, but, uh, I mean, we've had games – we had games last week. Had game last night, got a game tonight, got a full slate tomorrow, full slate Saturday, full slate Sunday, and then there's a Monday night game, Louisville and O Miss. So, that's that's uh, that's the way to go. I mean, Wednesday to Monday, nothing but football.
2: Well – Well, I think, too, I I was really okay with the NFL preseason three games. Uh, To me, it felt like it was plenty. Yeah, I don't think they really need
0: any more than that. So, you know, less chance for people to get hurt. uh, And they—they. I think they probably pretty much know what they're going to do after the first couple of practices. (laughs) You know, I mean, some guys improve and make the team. I don't know, but but I think for the most part, yeah, three games is plenty. Now, we, I was talking with um, Coach last week about about how they did the preseason with the three games, and then right. essentially everybody's getting a bye this weekend, and then they start the regular season next week. And I was thinking, well, how cool would it would have been if they would have let the season start this weekend and then give everybody two byes? Then you get one more weekend of pro football for the TV revenue and everybody gets the same amount of off weeks.
2: Well, and you and you would think maybe that would be consideration since they're losing a game of the preseason. Well, they're gaining that but, game
0: back in the regular season. They're going to have a 17-game regular season this year. Yeah, so but it's still going to go 18 seemed, weeks, but it could have gone 19.
2: I don't know if it seems to me but 25 30 years ago it seems to me that everybody started a week earlier yeah that college usually started the week before Labor Day then the pros usually started around Labor Day and at some point in there it seemed like it got put everything got pushed back a week yeah and, and, and it's okay because of the heat I guess and they want to get to Thanksgiving with meaningful games so I
0: get it okay so I was on my way in this morning over we they were talking about um, I guess they were talking about urban Meyer apparently he's on the hot seat and he's Already? not even, and he's not even coached it down yet. I mean, what do you, what do you think? Tell me what you think overall about that, and then, uh, then I got a question for you.
2: Well, I think, and and I didn't see any of Jacksonville's preseason games, but I saw a headline yesterday. They got rid of Menchie. Right? And I think when they got rid of him. It kind of made everybody question. Like oh, he's kind of gone. He's kind of gone all in on this rookie right away. And Min, Minishaw, or I can't think of his name. So Minchau, wrong. Or Minchu Minchu Min, That's it. Min, yeah, Minchu was he was a he was a fan favorite, and I think he's probably catching a little heat. And this is kind of one of those things to where you can, if this works out, he'll be a genius. But if it doesn't, then they're going to be on his his case pretty quickly. He just doesn't quite have the clout that Bill Pelichick has. Well, you know, uh, and this what I was listening to this morning, which I thought
0: was drivel, if you want to know the truth about it there, well, he's bringing too much college to the pro game, telling people, he's got coaches out there telling these guys to hustle and do this and do that. And, you know, I mean, so like there's a, there's a yin and yang to this argument for me. Yes. I mean, you can measure a lot of college coaches' success around the players they were able to recruit. So when it gets to the NFL, it doesn't really translate as well because everybody's got great players. But I think it's more about winning attitude. If he has a winning attitude, maybe telling his players to hustle is part of that winning attitude. I don't know. But who are these guys to say that – who are they to say, number one, you shouldn't be able to tell a pro athlete to hustle? And number two – assume that the pro athlete is going to automatically hustle. I mean, what it really comes down to what kind of culture you're trying to create on your team. If you can do it in such a way, you reckon they had, I had to tell, uh, Jimmy Johnson never had to tell anybody to hustle on the Cowboys.
2: All right. So this is interesting. And th- this is a very, this is a really good topic. Cause I think about this a lot with, with a lot of different, not only in sports, but in, In life, in general, and if you feel like you have to tell somebody they're hustling, in my opinion, they're not hustling, or they're not giving you what they have. And Mm -hmm. and it's it's always been interesting to me. And baseball is the worst. Ever see a man in baseball get on anybody for you know running through a signal, not hitting the cutoff man, and a lot of the NFL training camps you can watch them on television, HBO has shows, NFL network, so forth. And you mentioned Jimmy Johnson. And Jimmy was always one that was kind of like, let's go, let's pick it up. You know, yeah. he wouldn't say, Hey, hustle, but it'd be like, Hey, let's pick it up. He let's had a move, way of you know, communicating
0: to- with the guys where he could be their buddy, but they respected him enough to where they would do what he asked them to do.
2: Yeah. And, and I think the, the science of coaching, the X's and O's, everybody in the pros could X and O. If you cannot X and O, you would not be a professional football coach. I don't care if you're coaching the receivers, the head coach, the O line, the D line, line, whatever position you're coaching in, in, in the pros, you know how to X and O. Mm. And but the art of coaching, especially in the pros, how do you get these guys to respond? Because the difference between the Detroit Lions and the Patriots all these years, it's been a, it's a thin line. I mean, it's a very thin line. I recall. And then when you got. Oh, go ahead. Because I got to tell you. No, story. and then you have, you have, I mean, the Patriots are the standard, you know, kind of like in the pros as Alabama has been in college. And Belichick has Brady on the field, and people respond to Brady. And, and, and Tom Brady's not the most athletic quarterback in the league. I think we and, just give these
0: guys so much respect because they're making big money. That, that, you know, and it's almost – it's the same type of, type of entitlement that maybe they're used to from, from high school on. You know, they, all these guys, they, it's, it's a graduated thing. It's survival of the is So, you know, the number of guys that were worshipped in high school diminishes in college, and then that number diminishes again when they get to the pros. But the ones that are in that upper 2% that gets drafted and get played and make it to the Hall of Fame – they they have a certain amount of um, – I don't know, they worship them. They, they give them a certain amount of – that's not always deserved. And I'm going to give you a case in point. The very first year that the Tennessee Titans played here in Nashville in the new mm-hmm. stadium. Right. We played Cincinnati at home, and McNair was a quarterback. I had tickets 40-yard line with my dad, I think. We were, we were watching the game, and somewhere in the third quarter – I think we were down like two touchdowns and just really not playing that well. And the fans started to boo the, the, the team. Well, at that point, they started booing. Steve McNair led them back, and we won the ballgame. And all you heard in the press that next week is how horrible the Nashville fans were for booing him. Now, I called into radio shows. This is 1999. I'm calling right. sports talk radio shows local and, and, and writing articles back to the people that were right, telling them, okay, so here's my question. Why did the fans have to boo to get Steve McNair to pick it up enough? Cause when they interviewed him about it, oh yeah. When the fans, uh, when the fans started booing, I, I picked it up and that, and I'm okay. So but my point is if you're professional and you're supposed to be afforded all of that leeway about hustle and all that, then why do you have to be booed to be motivated? Don't you, shouldn't you, if you're getting that respect, should you not step out there on full bore from the beginning? Why is there any, why is there any room to go?
2: Well, and I think my opinion on that is we're all humans. And I think in a professional sports team, people, are attracted to winners. Steve McNair was a winner. He overcame odds. You know, came from a small school. People w- would wonder, like, is he? Does he have enough experience? Did he come from a big enough program to be successful in the pros? But Steve worked hard, and I think his teammates realized that he was a winner. Yeah. Now the booing affected Steve, and then when he stepped up, I think that other people will follow the leader. Yeah, and I, I think in ninety nine the
0: jury was still out on Steve <coughs> McNair. It is. There was year, that year when the actual the the booing incident, we'll call it. I think it you know Well
2: yeah. And I think too and it, and it may have been a I, I would love for Steve to be alive today to really hear his, his 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 yeah uh his thoughts on everything now that he would be an older, wiser man. But I think I mean that guy we saw him not practice all week. Oh yeah. And then go out against the New York Giants with broken ribs. I mean, and, people respond to that. They respond to the winner. I don't. I don't was, really think because there's gritty. I mean, he just was. he is, and, they, and a lot of people makes a lot of money. You know, the coaches make a lot of money, the players make a lot of money. But I think players respond to winning, and they and ultimately, if you're in the pros, you want to win. And well, I, I think that's what they respond to. So okay, so
0: so then maybe his response would have been, well, it wasn't really the booing. They got me going. The game evolved itself into a position that made what we were trying to do successful, and that's how we came back and won, and we didn't quit. I led the team. They wouldn't give up on me. I didn't give up on them. We went in and and, and did it, and, you know, sometimes the fans will just have to be patient. That's how you diffuse something like that. I mean, you don't rip the fans. And I think they were voted the number one fans at the end of that season, so, you know, who knows?
2: Well, and and I think, too, it's probably a, a maturity thing for Steve as well. Yeah. Is that you're you're quarterback of the NFL team? You're loved all over town. You don't buy lunch. You don't buy a cocktail anywhere. Everybody's buying you stuff and 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 uh, admires you so much. And then when you get out there, maybe he just kind of drifted in like, ah, you know, I'm still quarterback of the tights. And then when it kind of turned a little bit, he may have said like, well, hell, I need to pick this up. And, so
0: and I think you are making my point. Anybody that afforded that respect without any prompting, should come out ready to play. You yeah, know? and, and that, you it, be like a pro- you say, everybody's human. You're going to have That's a bad right. game. You're going to have a bad day. You're going to – nobody I, – I, I think it would be interesting to do a show and bring some athletes on and talk to them about uh, what was on your mind in your personal life when that game was played. Yeah, You know, you know what and, else – we just – we don't ever stop to think about – what somebody has going on in their personal life, you know, in, oh, that's a, right. above and beyond the game, that maybe can creep. it. You I mean because you've been at work and had things happen oh, yeah. to you at home that affect how you work, and things happen to you at work that affect how you are at home. There's not a lot of room for that in pro in pro sports or in any sport for that matter. I, I think it'd be an interesting topic. We should take it up sometime.
2: Yeah, I mean, you only got 17 days out of the year that you have to to. To make your bones, to win the game, get in the playoffs, create your legacy. That's not a lot of days. So I mean, it's hard to have a it's hard to have a bad day or two during those seventeen days. And and I mean, it's the difference between the the people that are compartmentalized and say, "Hey, look, today's game day, or this is game weekend. I need to get focused." and think about what they're trying to accomplish.
0: You know, we can all uh, – there, there's also another discussion to be had there about um, guys like Nick Saban and Urban Meyer that are so successful in the college rank, you know, but but they got the most. They got the best players. Is it that? I mean, you look at – I mean, you know, Jimmy Johnson had good players at Miami, but he also had pretty good – he didn't have great players at Oklahoma State, and they were good there. And they didn't right. have squat when he got to Dallas, and he was playing on the same playing, level playing field as everybody else at that time. So there's probably another discussion to even be had there. I just, I just don't know if you can – you know, I don't, I don't think you assume that professional players don't have to be coached more, and I don't think you assume, automatically assume that Urban Meyer is going to be great or not going to be great in the pros or anybody else that's coming up like that. you got to let it play out. I guess maybe they run out of stuff to talk about.
2: Well, I mean, I think, too, at this time of year in the pros, if you're not hustling, you'll get cut. Yeah. And you're back working in uh, Tuscaloosa at the local car dealership.
0: So, all right, let's shift gears. Let's get into uh, NCAA this week. Uh, we started up last weekend with a handful of games. Uh, started with uh, uh, Appalachians. no, who was it last night? It was Birmingham, uh, Alabama, Birmingham, ja- uh, and Jacksonville Jackson- State. Yep. And that was a pretty good That's game right. for a little while. Uh,
2: Jackson, yeah, Jacksonville State is a perennial contender in the One AA yeah. or it's the Football Championship Series, whatever they call it
0: now. And I'm, they're,
2: they're usually a they're they're a contender in that. So they've got a quality program.
0: I'm amazed at the slate of games tonight. So it starts five thirty Central Time. Temple at Rutgers, Citadel at Coastal Carolina. Long Island University in Florida International, Boise State and Central Florida, Western Illinois and Ball State, Wagner and Buffalo, Weber State, Utah, South Florida and North Carolina State. That might be a good game. East Carolina, Appalachian State, um, UC Davis and Tulsa, Ohio State, Minnesota, Tennessee at Bowling Green, UT Martin, Western Kentucky, Houston Baptist in New Mexico, Eastern Washington, UNLV, and Southern Utah plays Arizona State. What game are you going to watch tonight?
2: Oh, I'm definitely going to watch the Tennessee Bowling Green game because the one thing that the Tennessee program has done for us in the last 10 years, it keeps it fresh. So now we've got a new regime up there to take over from the new regime a couple of years ago uh, that took over for the new regime a couple of years before that. So Tennessee has kept it interesting, and they're – If you look at the top 50 players in the transfer portal over the last season, they got players that left and went to North Carolina, Oklahoma, Texas A&M. They've got players all over the damn place at big-time schools, Mm -hmm. top 10 programs. And it's going to be really interesting to see what what product they put out on the field because I think – Tennessee is probably a maximum 6 win program this year. That's if they win their 4 non-conference games, which I'm not so sure they they got to play Pitt, which is a, which is a quality opponent. Yeah. But, you know, winning your 4 non-conference games and then beating Vanderbilt and slipping up on somebody else. I mean, I think that's the that's the watermark for them this year, but they're a it's gonna be interesting.
0: favorite going into that game tonight. Over and under is 60 and a half. I don't know. I don't know if it, I Tennessee just
2: covers that or not. I I don't know if Tennessee's thirty five points better than anybody.
0: Yeah, I I think maybe the under on that one's not a bad play. Not saying that I'm going to play it, but uh, yeah, and that's probably the one that I would be looking at. I might yeah. I might peek in at but I, Western Kentucky, UT Martin, uh, and then golly, tomorrow everybody's fired up tomorrow. Uh, or, yeah, fr- Well, not everybody. Friday, there's a whole slate of games on Friday. North Carolina, Virginia Tech is looks like a good could be a good one. Michigan State and Northwestern is tomorrow night, uh, and then of course then Saturday it's it's a it's a full bore on Saturday. One yeah. of the big matchups on Saturday. I think is is it Alabama and Miami, and then Georgia. Alabama, and Clemson, play, yeah. Georgia and Clemson yeah. play as well. That's right. So, got any big time predictions? We're running short on times. A short show today, but. We're, we're just trying to get it in. I'm actually headed to Fayetteville right after I hit unrecord. Uh,
2: yeah, no, I, you know, I think I, I like Alabama winning that game. Clemson, Georgia game is going to be really interesting. I think in the, in a little office pick them here that I picked Georgia, just because Clemson is going to be running a new quarterback out there. And, and uh and George is going to is pretty stable coming back on offense and defense, so I, I give a slight edge to Georgia on that. But I think that game could go either way, and uh, so I think Alabama handles Miami pretty easy. And the old Miss Louisville game, I don't know a lot about Louisville. i so will be interested in that game on uh, Monday night.
0: Yeah, at least we get a game on Monday night. Appreciate B Ray for coming on with us today, speaking of sports Razorback Dave. That's going to do it for us this week. I think my pick is going to be uh, take the Bowling Green plus the 35 against Tennessee. All right, folks, we'll see you next week. Thank you for joining us. Follow us, like us, review us, wave at us, whatever it is you do. We'll see you next week.